Welcome in. It is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast brought to you by BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. And it is finally here. We are, what, 20 hours or so? 19 hours, whatever it is. I was told there would be no math. Okay, whatever. We're, we're, We're a day and a half. How's that? A day and a half. Game week. It's game week. It's time to get things rolling. And it's been an interesting day. Before we get started. Why? What's going on? Oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. You probably haven't heard. It's not a big deal. Okay. I'm excited um, to find out, though. <laughs> Want to let everybody know that this week is the exception because of the Basketball Fan Fest. We will not be doing it this week. But going forward, home games, two hours before home games, you can find us at Mio's in Clifton. Pre-game show live on the scene. Guest host is in the works. If it comes through, I think everybody's going to be very happy with our guest host. Not only at Mio's, but we will also, in advance of watch parties at the Holy Grail, have a live in-house pregame show hosted by me and a guest. We are working to make that come together. And if it all comes together, oh boy, oh boy. It's, I'll give you a hint, Dave. Okay. It's not, it's not going to be Armand Benz. Uh. <laughs> so, two hours before kickoff. And quite a hint. Games, it is. He's busy before the game, so he probably couldn't do it. Benz, yeah, Benz is busy. Yeah. This other person, not as much anymore. So, Two hours before kickoff, home games on campus. Come to Mio's, check it out. You will be very, very happy. Uh, get yourself some cold beverages. I believe Truly is a sponsor uh, at home games at Mio's. So there will be specials galore. And then road games. You're already planning on coming and watching the games at the Holy Grail. You might as well just get there a little bit early. Catch the pregame show. Hosted by myself and uh, somebody else. We'll have a big announcement, I'm sure, when that becomes official. Maybe even have the person on this podcast as a guest. So we'll see how that goes. That'll be fun. That will be fun. So uh, there you go. Mio's Holy Grail. Mio's is our home game sponsor for this year. Holy Grail is our road game sponsor and official home of the BCJ watch parties. And uh, there you have it. So that's, uh, that's, that's the ad read as we get ready to get rolling into this two hour extravaganza known as the BCJ podcast. <clears throat> we'll see about that. <laughs> I might have a shot now. You said if, the only way. If you can't, if it can't happen tonight, it's just not going to happen. I mean, I'm not right. going to, I'm not going to try to make it not happen. I never have tried to make it not happen. But we've just if, run out of stuff to talk about by the time we got to the end. If it can't happen tonight, it's just not going to happen. Very true. So, this morning, I'm, I'm getting radio stuff ready. I was in for Mo today. They, they, these days are always a little difficult. No Reds game. Uh, there's only so much you can talk about in a 12-2 blowout from last night. 
over the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm like, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a interesting day. And then Max Olson from the Athletic reports that the Big Twelve is zeroing in. Well, on expansion. If, if we're being, I didn't even interrupt. If we're being a hundred percent, pokesreport.com article came out before Max's did. Well, if we're keeping it a hundred percent, Nevada Buck on our uh, Buckeye Scoop dot uh, com also. Oh, I don't. I mean, I I don't know anything about that, but he re, he had something up last night on Buckeye. Our friends at Buckeye Scoop. If you remember, uh, guys like Bill Green and uh, Mick Walker, they are at Buckeye Scoop. So it, it let well. It, it, this is this was the most pre- kind of predictable thing ever because the athletic directors met Tuesday and Wednesday in Dallas with Bob Bowlesby to discuss expansion. They could uh, those guys. They talk so much. By Wednesday night, they met Tuesday and Wednesday. By Wednesday night, they were already leaking stuff. So Wednesday morning, the report comes out. Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, BYU uh, are, are who they have set their sights in on at the moment. And I think more important than anything is this train's going down the track this time, I think. Yes. Has to. I have, if you've listened to any of these podcasts where I have been forced against my will to talk about conference realignment, I have been steadfast in this exact scenario playing out that the big, the remaining big 12 schools, some were calling them the hateful eight, which I, I like a lot. <laughs> we're going to try to find their way out. That was not going to happen. And then they were all going to realize, Hey, we can still have a, I'm not going to say very good, because I don't know. We can still have a pretty good conference. We can still be in the autonomous five. We can still cash these big-ass checks from when this playoff expands to 12. Yes, our feelings are hurt. Yes, we feel like we you know, got knifed in the back. But let's not cut off our nose to spite our face. Let's go get... The four, I'm assuming it's going to be four. Going to 12 makes sense. Get the four best football brands we can get. Just so happen you get two pretty good basketball brands too, if these are the four schools. And let's make this the best possible situation we can make it. And I I just always felt that that was the way this was going to go. I've never really been of much concern that UC wasn't going to be a part of it um, for reasons we've talked about several times over. Um, I feel like this time is different than last time because there's no other option for them. So they had to expand this time. Last time they didn't have to some teams should have. Well, that's what I'm saying. Some teams wanted to, I'm sure a bunch of teams felt even at the time that they should have, but they didn't technically have to. Their survival as a conference was not dependent on expansion. Now it is. 
like we always make fun of Jamie Pollard. Iowa State was going to be fine whether they expanded or not last time. This time, not so much. So it's just very a very different circumstance. And I tweeted this today, like, I will be stunned if you see whoever it is, if they are not playing in the Big 12 this week next year. Stunned, I, you say? I cannot fathom Oklahoma and Texas playing another season in that league. And on that note, let's bring in our special guest for the night, the star. Do we have to pay, do we have to pay him now that he's uh, uh, on multiple mediums, written, visual, and audio? The star Damn. of episode six, the season finale of Let It Fly, none other than Justin Williams from The Athletic. Okay, I have a couple things I'd like to address up front. How did he get the password to this Zoom? <laughs> uh First of all, you guys are lucky that you booked me before the episode aired because I've just talent agents, you know, WME, CAA, been, my phone's been ringing off the hook. Um, I have not seen the episode yet, so no, no spoilers on what I said. Um, a couple other things I'd like to address. First, as always, thank you for having me on here. You guys know I'm a huge fan of this podcast and of your work, so I appreciate it. Um, second, even though I came in a little late, Dave... We're still going to do our best to not go over the the two hour. No, limit. Dave has said. Dave has said if there, if it doesn't happen tonight, it's never happened. Am, am I on an island here, Dave? In what regard? It's anti two hours. Oh no, no! I'm just. I said I will not. I will not deliberately keep this podcast, and you're more than welcome to leave if you don't want. Yeah, to. Yeah, you're a guest. If, you can leave whenever you want. Two hours. I would get the hell off too. As, but, I, as uh, I told Chad this week, I don't even think movies should last two hours. No, so, no, I, um, I have I said today that I will not deliberately, you know, keep it under two hours. If there's stuff to keep talking about, we will talk about it. I am facing near death, but I will, as the Bearcats say, fight to the finish. Okay, the last thing I need to clear up a falsehood here. Uh, Chad has been has been claiming that I did yoga with amy fickle i heard last podcast when he said that it was not yoga it was bar three which is a far more intensive workout it's bar three yoga i don't know what the correct vernacular is i i will never be allowed back nor will i want to ever go back again but i don't want people thinking that i was like passing out while doing downward facing dog it was it was far harder than that <laughs> well thank you for clearing that up <laughs> Now we, can, also, now we can carry on. Yeah, I didn't realize I was coming into the middle of Dave's hot take that UC is going to be in the Big 12 this time next year. Yes. Justin, any thoughts on realignment? The, the, the <laughs> Athletic was, uh, was, was out in front of the charge today. And uh, your guy, Max Olson, was, was very nice to come on uh, ESPN 1530 with me this afternoon. Mo does like the, the internet villain in Cincinnati today. I went with internet hero in the city of Cincinnati, and that was Max Olsen. I listened. Uh, I thought it was a great interview by both of you. I thought, obviously, Max did some great reporting today. Um, I would be shocked if Cincinnati is playing in the Big 12 at this time next season, if only because 
it seems like it's definitely heading towards Big 12 expansion, and I would assume the AAC will be a big part of that. And I think they're going to have to go to the Big 12 over Mike Oresko's dead body, like if <laughs> that's the case. So no, it, um, that is that is definitely the the 27 month month hang up. I yeah, my whole my whole thinking is is like there's no way Oklahoma and Texas are playing there next year. Like you can't. I, I certainly don't think they're going to last till you can't, 2025. You can't recruit. You can't do anything when you've announced already that you're going to the conference and you're recruiting 2023 kids. You can't be recruiting them with the idea that you're still going to be in that league. I agree with you. The difference I would say is that the conference they're going to has a little bit more capital to oh, pay their exit fee. For than... sure. For sure. And they have, they have the capital to, I mean, they right. can come up with 80 million, you know, in, in a couple hours. No, I agree. Like, you know, hey, you, Steve, Steve, 80 million. UConn a... got out in 12 months with, by paying 17 million. Yeah. But see, no one, but, as, but, as big of a deal as it was, no one cared about that. Well, that's what I'm saying. The league I don't think the league really gave a shit because like they were going independent in football. They weren't really, I mean, yes, the basketball brand is big and yes, we can make fun of UConn all we want, but it, you know, it hurts the basketball brand. They're not, they weren't losing their three biggest football programs when UConn left. So the league was definitely probably, you know, more, so to speak, give a shit about, you know, okay. 12, 12 months, uh, 17 million. They probably just like literally made that up. They spun yeah, a wheel. I, yeah. So it's definitely <laughs> going to yeah. cost some money or some, or some time. So maybe I'm getting a little out on my skis, but I just look at like, is the, so does that mean the big 12 places eight teams next year? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know, because they're going to want to get as much money as possible, obviously, out of Oklahoma and Texas. If they feel like they can get that by leaving early and getting an exit fee, maybe they do that. But then they also realize they're going to take a huge pay cut right? You know, with, with the new team. So I, I just don't know that they'll be willing to say, like, yeah, we'll pay whatever, $50 million to get all three of you mm-hmm. out of there a year or two early. Uh, maybe. And who knows? Like, maybe ESPN – you know, I realize ESPN has no involvement in any of this whatsoever, but <laughs> right. maybe they get involved. Yeah, maybe they get involved somehow. Well, their it's TV, certainly their TV contracts up 2024, 2025. Right. So, and we all know the pissing match that they just had with ESPN. So, does Fox say, all right, we'll pony up some of this money, but you guys got to come to us full boat? I was told this morning Fox is uh, involved. Not that that's a surprise to anybody, but I, I was told Fox is uh, touchdown balls. The Josh Heupel era is on its way. Dave, big Josh Heupel guy. I know you're very excited. <laughs> Clear, clearly, it's yeah. like the administration at Tennessee just like finds out who Dave hates and then hires him. Yeah. And that's the whole point of this, like, alliance wanting to push the CFP, right, is they want Fox to be able to get involved for in sure. the, the rights on that, because, too. Because especially with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten being so in bed with Fox, is I think their worry is if Fox doesn't get in on this, who's to say they don't go, yeah, we're going to spend our money elsewhere. You know, we're going to 
go all in on the NFL or we're going to go all in on something else. Like I, it benefits those two leagues, you know, incredibly to have Fox involved. Yeah. No, I mean, it certainly seems like if the big 12 is going to expand, Cincinnati's in a really good spot. I'm sure you guys have said that, but making predictions beyond that based on what's happened just the past couple months, oh. who knows? You, you could be right, Dave. They could, you know, we could be talking about a big no, 12. I mean, it's, it's probably a season. little, a little ambitious. I just kind of look at it as what it is, you know, I do think we could hear something. I'm not, you know, quickly in realignment terms, who knows what that well, really Well, did means. you, I don't know if you've seen it. I think we could hear something about like invitations and all that shit in the next month or so. Did you, did you see the report from Bill Embody from SMU 24 seven? No. He said he expects invites as early as next week. Well, and 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 that's that's the thing. I thought that was a little fast, but. Well, here's the thing. Like before it's just so different than before. Like there's no reason to like pull, pull punches. Like just do it. You're losing two members. You guys got to figure out when that is, but like it, it's their benefit. It's to their benefit to get all this stuff lined up. Like, okay, we know we're losing Texas and Oklahoma and it sucks, but what's our contingency plan? Okay. Our contingency plan is Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, UCF. Okay. Let's get them in on, on board. When are they going to come in? I don't know. We'll worry about that later. Let's get them on board. Okay. Then they're in. Okay. Now let's deal with, Texas and Oklahoma. Okay. We, you know, they just have to kind of like the, the train is a much faster moving train than 2016. And I think there's a lot of UC fans that have PTSD from that. And I don't necessarily blame them, but like, this is not 2016 at all. Well, as I pointed out with Max today uh, on 1530, the interviews have been done. Like, the dog and pony show already happened in 2016. They've already vetted all of their options. Like, they've been given the full presentation. They know what's on the table. Um, like, they're well aware. This is not a situation where they're, they're at the starting point, right? Because if you're at the starting point, then you have to, to take applications, quote-unquote, and then you have to do the interview process. And, you know, you got to kick the can down the road for a couple months. I don't think they need to do that at all. Well, it's at this just, point, it's just vastly different because do you want to still be a conference? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Then you need to add some teams. It's just a, like a per my last email situation where Cincinnati just resends the, yeah. the same <laughs> PowerPoint they sent in 2016. We're still interested. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, and I, I think you're right. Call me. I, they just send the call me text or the, the gift. Call me. I would be shocked if it was next week, if only because that would mean eight people would be able to agree on something in a, in a week's time. But Dave's right, too, that the sooner they can get the invites out, the sooner the AAC teams could start that 27-month clock, the sooner, if it goes that long, everyone can kind of move well, over it, there. It so. would be real beneficial when UC cashes that college football playoff check this year to help help that go to getting the hell out of the AAC. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Fair. a week might be ambitious, but again, like when this when we started hearing all the stuff about Texas and Oklahoma, did anybody expect like that that next week, Tuesday, invite Thursday? Yes, we'll come. Friday, yes, we'll have you. Like that was that was all done in one week. 
Well, the other thing too, now that it's all out there, which it was going to, you know, they were meeting Tuesday, Wednesday, I think everyone knew something was going to come out. But I, I, I do think as ridiculous as it sounds that once it's all out there in reports, now they're kind of like, all right, well, everyone kind of knows what we want to do anyways. Right. Why, why do we need to, you know, haggle about it? We might as well just, that's what I mean. Like, just do it. And they, and you know, I think Max is covering a little bit of, you know, your own ass, so to speak, and talking about like these aren't like the definitive four teams. If they're going to four, who else? Like these are the four schools. If the only one that was the issue was Houston, because forever they, Houston has been a problem all the way back to when the Southwestern Conference and the Big Eight joined Texas. Right. Texas, Texas A&M, Baylor, and Texas Tech went, and they left Houston out on that deal. So and apparently they don't like Tillman for TD. Tillman for TD, yeah. Tillman has not had a great year. Um, so, you know, when you have a ton of your money wrapped up in the hospitality business and own the worst team in the NBA, uh, you should probably be nice to people if you're trying to get your school to, to a different league. Um, but they're the only one that seems like it's maybe, but, but again, like who, if not them, who, like I've always thought it made the most sense, but I understood the Texas politics of it. Um, I just don't know what these other great options are. Yeah. I mean, I guess it'd be Boise SMU Memphis would be like the next tier. Right. And if, are you really going to like, are you really going to hate Tillman Fertitta that much that you'd rather take SMU over Houston? Exactly. I think if it comes, if you look at it that way, then it's like, well, maybe we, can't let our ego get in the way of not right. letting in a market you've already got Dallas. You, you already, you already own Dallas with TCU. Doesn't, yeah, I mean, doesn't make a whole you lot gotta of sense. Add, you're losing a Texas school. You've got to add another Texas school and Houston's like the third biggest city in the country. It doesn't, it literally makes no sense to let some petty politics keep you from doing that. But that's been the MO of that league for basically its existence. So who knows? Are we good? Are we good on on this topic? Uh, do you think we can get John Cunningham on next week to to, to ask him some questions? <laughs> I'll uh, I'll call Kaz. I'll call I'll call Anthony. <laughs> hey, you want to come back on? <laughs> Kaz will be going straight to voicemail. Um, <laughs> he's he blocked all five one three numbers. I do. <laughs> I'm an eight five nine. I'm an eight five nine. I'm done. <laughs> Same thing, same thing. Was I'm it last nine, I'm week? Nine, I'm 937. We'll really screw with him. <laughs> was it last week you guys were talking about – I don't know, Chad, you're on so many um, – Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Platforms. Maybe. You were talking about when Cunningham had lunch with us or when yeah. we baited him. Yeah, that was ours yeah. last week with Anthony. Uh, yeah. on, a, on a scale of one to Sankey, how coy was he being when, when we were – when he was just, you know, not giving us anything sitting there? It was It was hilarious. Not quite but, Sankey level, but he was he yeah. had to know something was probably in the works by that point. He was just I, eating eating that salad. Well, I mean, that everybody at that point in time, the writing was on the wall that the Pac-12 wasn't going to expand. Uh, they hadn't at that point made the announcement yet, but like I think everybody knew where where the train was headed. So yeah, it was uh that was a that was a great exchange because he was more uncomfortable than any human could possibly be. When he sat down to have lunch with us, he did not want to be there at all. <laughs> I commend him for sitting down. There were plenty of seats. He could have sat elsewhere, but we, we waved him over like, Hey, John, let's have lunch. And he's looking at us like, this is bad. 
Yeah, he's like, once he made eye contact, he was probably like, I can't, I can't get out of this. Yeah, I can't, I can't go veer left and go sit with uh, Lambert and Max, uh, even though he probably wanted to. <laughs> here's, a, here's a real good start tonight. App State 14, ECU 6, NC State 10, South Florida nothing, UC Davis 7, Tulsa 3. Hey, Bob, why don't you FedEx that uh, invite overnight, my man? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, sorry, with, Dan. And with that, you've been, you, you haven't had a chance to say that before. That's your first sorry, Dan, I think. And, <laughs> and, and you, I'm doing it for Dave. Yeah, and you got it in without saying it on your own. I love it. I love, I love the, the ingenuity there. You didn't even have to drop your own F-bomb to get a sorry Dan in. We, we, at this point, we don't even sorry Dan anymore. Look, Sam's old enough now. Like Sam's, Sam's old enough to have heard. He, he only, the, only the F's he said. Yeah. The, the, anything else he doesn't care. It's just the, the F bombs. Um, all right. Well, I think that, uh, I think, I think we're, we're okay on realignment for now. I'm sure we'll have much more on the BBP on Monday. Well, okay. Here's the question though. Okay. What what happens to the the realignment thread when they like actually go to another conference? I don't know. Does it just, just like be an AAC or an ACC? Does it just di- disappear into the ether? Like, all right, we're good. Dave, the other one didn't disappear when we didn't get invited in 2016. They kept that thread going. Right, but for I mean, now that you got years. now that you get the invite, like, what else is there to talk about? Never enough. They want the ACC, so they'll keep wow. it going. I, that's, that one cracked me up today. Like, should they be patient? Oh, yeah. Just sit around and wait until you – know. yeah, guys, Bob, I know you invited us, but we're just going <coughs> to – we're just going to sit here and we're going to be patient and think that maybe – maybe one day the ACC will invite us. Like is Maybe that, one day they'll get over their Notre Dame infatuation. And, and could you imagine like being like, "Yeah, Luke, sorry, we, you know, the Big Twelve called, but Big Twelve called. We knew but, phone who this who this to we them. Were, we were waiting for another a different call. We sent them to voicemail. <laughs> Big Twelve headquarters decline. Carrasco <laughs> is going to fire firebomb big the Big Twelve offices from across the street. When all this shit goes down, there's definitely like an overpriced country club that they all belong to. That's going to get real awkward, like this the holiday season or next spring or something. Dave is frisky tonight. Frisky, pushing back a a few minutes, and there's like we're pushing up against Dave after dark. There's There's yeah, there's there's games on. Real games on tonight. I I got we got the the balls are on. Got the Jello shots pumping, ready for Saturday. Have you have you tested a couple? Oh no, my aunt makes those. They're at her place. Oh, she sent you the picture and you put the picture online. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't trust you to make no. the Jello shots because they won't make it to Saturday. No, probably not. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's get to the business of uh, of this podcast season preview podcast. Justin said he didn't. He he wanted to do it in this format if he was going to make a, a prediction on the season. Okay. 
So we're, uh, we're all three going to chime in with our thoughts. We will start here with Miami. Um, I, I like what Chuck Martin has done long-term at Miami, but I, they, they just don't, the talent level doesn't match up. And um, I know they've, they've got a young offensive line, which is a big problem for anybody trying to face this Cincinnati team in 2021. Uh, are, are they holding out both of their running backs, Dave? Have I heard that correctly? I, I mean, it sounds like it. They're top two guys. I've heard they're holding them out for Cincinnati and next week against Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know the – I don't know the, you know, 100%. It just sounds like they didn't start really practicing until last week at all. So I don't know if they're just not in game shape or if they are legitimately, like, holding them out. I know Justin. As, thinks- as you can imagine, there's not a lot of um, media coverage around the the Red Hawks, so it's it's a little tougher to find actual information out. I know Justin is a big fan of of the Miami Red Hawks. Him and him and Jed Demusi uh, <laughs> often share pleasantries. Oh yeah, those uh, OU Miami rivalry. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I know that everyone. I know this is allegedly a, a rivalry game, but it's it's no battle of the bricks. Um, this is not do a they, rivalry game. Do, do oh, they don't throw? Ever say that again? Do they throw bricks at each other? The battle <laughs> of the bricks. Potentially, um, it's not quite as lopsided as, as this one has been the past few years. But um, no, it's it's all it's the beautiful cobblestone streets of of Athens and those terrible janky streets of Oxford. The bricks um, that are falling out of Millet Hall. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I it's. It has nothing to do with Cincinnati, but I can't be I can't be objective about Miami. I refuse to do it. Dave, you you got any details for us? Uh, Their defense, I know, is pretty good. They've got you know they have a ton of a ton of production back, like top five, top ten in the country. Like, but if both their top running backs are out, I think that definitely takes a hit. But like all the receivers, Gabbard's back. They did lose a starting tackle to the NFL. They lost their starting center to Oklahoma State. Um, from what I've been able to gather, uh, offensive line or offensive and defensive lines will be the places to take advantage. They have some, some quality end, ends. Cameron Butler, uh, good, good end. I think they're real weak up the middle. So we could see some stuff with that and there's just, I mean like you said there's just a big talent gap now like when this streak started they were recruiting very similar guys they don't recruit the same guy anymore um yeah you don't see Miami on the list of Cincinnati recruits interest uh, much these days it's very hard to take anything from last year they played three games um went two and one i believe three games or four games went lost to it's three two and one yeah. yeah so who the hell knows i mean um i just i like we like we like became a common theme in last year's game preview pods how does the other team score yeah i <laughs> I, I totally agree i don't 
really see how Miami's going to keep pace. I, I think Gabbert's a really good, you know, Mac quarterback and maybe even a little bit better than that. So I'm kind of interested to see what he can do with a full season this year and, and maybe over the course of his career, but he's been banged up this camp too. Yeah. So, but uh, this is not a game that uh, Cincinnati has, has any business keeping close for, for very long, as far as I'm concerned. Dave, you want to start us off? With a, with a score prediction? That's what we're here for. All right. Um, well, I wish one of you would have asked Coach Fickle Tuesday, being the sport that he is, uh, has, has he thought at all about running the shit up on anybody and everybody that he can? Because <laughs> this is a game that I would certainly do it in. Uh, but he's too nice of a guy for that. 41-13. I'm going, I think, a little a little higher than that. Um, we'll get to see how explosive this Cincinnati offense is. We'll get to see how much guys like Jake Renfro and, and Josh Wiley are used um, after easing back into things over the past couple weeks. But I'm going to go 48-10. to I think is where I'm at with this game. Bearcats, so, uh, if you were wondering. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. While I agree, Dave, that I don't – Fickle certainly would not if you asked him in a press conference setting say that he was going to run it up on anybody. But I think um, the way the college football playoff just kind of continued to shove Cincinnati down towards the end of last year, I think they realized, like, they, they can't play nice this year. Like, if they got a chance to – keep their foot on the gas. Now they might do it with Evan Prater and second team players in, but like, I don't, I don't think they're going to let off. So I'm going to say 47 20 um, with most of that 20 coming like fourth quarter. Yeah. Like a three, 20. Minutes, three minutes to go touchdown to make it 20. <laughs> yeah. 47 20. That covers right. 22, 22 23. Yeah. yeah. I think we all, <laughs> can we, can I just say something? Real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you can. Our good friend and co-host of the BBP podcast said one of the most outlandish, ridiculous things this past Monday. Okay. When Aaron Smith said that he would be disappointed in the performance if they did not cover the spread. I mean, that's why I called him on it. It's in, insanity. Sounds like someone who might have put some money on it. <laughs> right? <laughs> that is that does sound like a, someone that has some a vested interest. GY. Why will you be disappointed if they don't cover? But like I think you even said it like so if they if if Miami scores a meaningless touchdown with two minutes to go and they only win by twenty one, then it was like a, a failure of a game. And he was kind of, he kind of held his ground. He's kind of like, he did. Yeah. I do give him credit for that. But then he said like, yeah, because people around the country look at the spread and say like, well, they didn't cover. No one looked. No, that's not a thing. I think I'll, 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 I'll pass it along. Oh, you put sure a couple hundo on the Bearcats. That's my reading. Oh, so. I, would, I, I mean, I would put like a mortgage payment on them if I could do that. Uh, Murray state. I don't, I don't know anything about Murray state. <laughs> Dave, uh, by the way, 
I'm going to need you to write the Murray State preview. Brent is going to be in uh, London or some shit. Oh, okay. I'll get right on that. Oh, okay, interception balls, touchdown balls, strike up the band. It's 1998 all over again. I love this, Dave. Bowling Green I, is also a glorified high school. Justin, I mean, you've heard about this, Dave, but you've never really fully experienced this Dave in person. Certainly not in real time, no. <laughs> Bowling Green's quarterback just, like, shovel past the ball into the ground. That's an incomplete pass. That's not an you interception. Would think. I guess that's not – I didn't see – I just saw our guy running down the field with the ball. Apparently, it's not going to be a touchdown. But. Premature celebration here from Dave. I know. I know. I got. It's early. I got to – I mean, <laughs> it's early for the refs. It's early for the coaches. It's early for the fans. I mean, Justin and I were talking about that Tuesday. We both think we're in – we're, we're in mid-season form. We're ready. Like, we, we've got the reps in. Um, Based we, on what? We can't, we can't really tell you. <laughs> the, the comments we make during practice to each other. <laughs> we can't really, can't really disclose those facts. All right, uh, all right. I, for me, I was talking about my Twitter exchange with RJ Young on Sunday night. Oh, okay. Where I feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm in mid-season form. I got blocked. I got reported. I got shadow banned. Uh, for a little bit like I felt like I felt like I'm on top of my game Justin's just funny in practice like (laughs) very very kind of you to say we entertain each other I'm sure you do we we most certainly do Uh, Murray State the racers 56 nothing you're not giving them a point no they're I mean this team is better than last year's team, we think. Austin P was is way better than Murray State if we're comparing FCS teams. Like Austin P's quarterback is now a wide receiver at Memphis. Did you guys know that one? I did not. He was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Jeremiah Oatsball or whatever. Um yeah, like Murray State terrible. Like this should this should be like the what did BK's team beat like Southeast Missouri State 72 to 6 or something? It was you know, bad. It was really bad. Something like that. That's possible if if Fick wanted it to be. So I'll just I'll just go clean fifty six nothing. I'll go sixty three to three. What conference is Murray State in? Is it OBC. The, oh, Ohio Valley. Yeah. Okay. Um. What'd you say, Chad? Sixty three to three. I'm going fifty three to six, including a Lorenz Mets blocked extra point. How did you get to get, 53? I don't know. <laughs> 40, 49, 3, 49. So seven touchdowns, a field goal, and a two-point conversion. Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna write these down to look back and see how wrong I was about all of them, but 53 to 6. I actually like that. Just throw out a number. Here's where I it like gets to, real. I like to more pretend like to predict the actual events that happened, like the Lorenz Mets block sector point. That's the only reason I picked six for them. Here's where it gets real. This, uh, it, 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 what, what are your thoughts on the fact that this season is going to be defined uh, before we get to week six? Like by, by Sunday, by Sunday, October 3rd, there's already going to be a stamp on this season of whether it's a failure or a success. I, I don't, not in my opinion. I, I'm, but in a lot, it will. Well, they're wrong. 
not necessarily a success even no. because if they're four and oh they're still gonna have to, to run, run the yeah. table but four and oh means you get a chance to run the table right but if you go if you go four and oh and then you lose to like smu in november people are if gonna you, be even more you, mad. yeah if you pull a houston you beat oklahoma right. then turn around and lose to navy so it won't even be a success necessarily yet, but it could already be viewed by a lot of people as a, a disappointment or a letdown or a failure, kind of however you want to couch it. But yeah, I mean, I, that's what I think is it's uh, you know, it's the good and bad of this season. Like that's what you want. You want to be able to have that opportunity. See, that, that's the thing is like, that's, I, I, I know Chad, you brought this up. It's been on the message board. You've talked about it on the radio, like the anxiety or the anxiousness. Like I just, my the way I am like I don't have any of that like I know my team is good like I'm as fired up for football season as I've ever been like well there you know will there be nervous moments in games I imagine but like I'm not fretting like any of it like I'm here for it this is what you want this is it's almost like when people are like I don't know. It's like too much. I won't be able to enjoy it. Like, so you enjoy nine and three seasons more than you enjoy this type of a season when there what aren't expectations what? or you lose it, lose a game early. It, there's no pressure the rest of the way. What if I they go nine? What if they go nine and three this season? Well, I won't enjoy it at the end, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to like, I'm not going to be like, Oh, this is going to be such a hard season. No, I don't. I just don't get that. I mean, I, I think that's the right attitude, and that's kind of what I tried to write this week. Is like, I hope Cincinnati fans enjoy now, but also through the whole experience, like just the fact that they they have a team that is being talked about this way, that is ranked this way, that is going to be in these games. And yeah, people are going to enjoy that if they're four and zero on October third. But I hope people still enjoy it if they're three and one or two and two on October third too. But I realize why that'll be tough for people to do. Shut up, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's let's get to Indiana. I I still I've said this for a long time. I still believe it to be true. I think Indiana is a tougher challenge than Notre Dame. In part because you're gonna get up for Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman's on that side, other sideline. Like Mickens is over there. It's Notre Dame. You're playing, you know touchdown Jesus like the, the whole you're in South Bend the whole nine yards Indiana's a little bit different now I, I do think from what we've heard it's going to be a sold out stadium uh even though there'll be probably quite a quite a few Bearcats there um I, I think Indiana is is for me and I think Indiana might on paper be better than Notre Dame I really like Indiana's defense I like Michael Penix. I like Ty Freifogel. Davis waving his hands. No, Indiana's got a, a ton more knowns than Notre Dame has coming into this season, Dave. Okay. I'd still take Notre Dame 10 times out of 10 to beat Indiana. 10 times out of 10. Their talent level is not comparable. But that's the, isn't that what people say about That's why people, we hate people that say that about Cincinnati. Indiana's got a lot of talent. They do. <clears throat> they also aren't sneaking up on anybody this year. And they were. Also oh, for a, something a, people say about Cincinnati. A total 50-50 call from not beating Penn State last year. Like that play at the end of the game, you could have easily said that he didn't get in. 
Also, what people could say about Cincinnati and Tulsa in the AAC championship game. What, the field goal didn't almost not go in? It was still came down to a field. It came down to a kick with time expiring. Yeah, that, I don't look at those two the same way. Clearly. You have a, your argument holds no water with me, sir. Just, I, do, you, I don't you I dismiss don't, it because you don't like it. Doesn't I don't think this game. I don't think this game will be close. Wow. Well, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, diametric opposite sides of the fence here. That, that's fine. Justin, you I might be the, the tiebreaker. I, I was the right one last year, so I'll just be the right one again this year. <laughs> I think I, I'm going down. I think I'm purposely going down the same path as last year. <laughs> To try to, you know, do, you know, repeat the magic. At one point pretty recently, I was, I would have agreed with you, Chad, where I I would have thought, I thought this Indiana game was going to be tougher after looking at it and thinking about it uh, this week. I've flipped on that and we, I can talk more about that when we talk Notre Dame. Um, I do think they're really good. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think going anywhere on the road, not that like Bloomington is some, you know, historically tough place to win, but their fans are going to be up for that game. It's kind of hard to say though, because like the Indiana could lose to Iowa. That's the other Saturday. Thing is like, what do you like? What do you see? What do we see Saturday? Yeah, and I don't know what who does who does Indiana play week two. I'm guessing probably not anybody. I, yeah, anything. I think I want to say a MAC school, but I'm not 100 percent on that one. But so if they come in having already had a loss, how does that impact it? I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna lean and pick Cincinnati in this game right now, at least. Um, but I, I do think it'll be close. And I think Indiana's really good. I think they have a really good secondary. Um, I'm Idaho, curious to see how Vandals. No, I, Bobby Petrino, st- or st- still the coach there, his brother or something. <laughs> Is Paul the coach at Idaho? He was at one point. I'm pretty sure. I don't, he probably isn't anymore, but. Well, either I'm, way. I'm curious to see how Penix looks against Iowa. Uh, yeah, and I guess just how Indiana in general looks against Iowa. Paul Petrino, head coach. Good call, Dave. I mean, Indiana was one of the Quarterbacks worst. coach, Charlie Molnar. Yeah, I, I knew that one, too. How about that? <clears throat> Indi- the big thing to me is Indiana's offensive line. They were atrocious yeah. last year. Just because they bring guys back doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be better. They're down, I want to say they're three leading running backs. From last year, now they have a USC transfer, but he didn't really ever do anything at USC. So, you know, what we don't really know what he's going to give. Ty, Fro, Tro, Ty Freifogel is really, really good. They got a good tight end. But, like, if they can't run the ball, they, they couldn't run it last year. And if they can't run the ball, they're just going to sit back there and throw on this defense? You don't have a lot of faith in Darren Hiller? I mean, did you do, – do we have a track record? <laughs> we do have a little we bit do. of a track record. We do. I mean, running back, you said, I think that's the only place they really lost any significant amount of people from last year. Uh, and what, Stephen Carr? Is that the – I think so, yeah. The, the USC guy. So, yeah, he might be good. I, I think Indiana's good. I think it's going to be uh, a, a really close, tough game. My prediction is 24-17 Cincinnati wins. What's your score, Dave? 3120. A, a close 3120 or a, a not close 3120? I never really in doubt like 3120. Like, you know, 
just not comfortable 11 point win. Maybe rest so, of, maybe bring in Evan Prater at the end. I'm, I'm, that's a joke. <laughs> so the, the Darren Hiller thing might have me rethinking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I'm going Indiana. I, and here, here's kind of my thought process. One and one just seems much more likely in this swing than either two and oh or oh and two. Like it just I'm having a hard time. Two road games against really, really good teams. I I I do think, say what you I think Tom Allen is a really good coach. I, I admire what he's done in a place that's been really tough to win. Very, very tough to win over the years. And he has a good team. They've got a good defense. They've got a, a, a very good corner. They've got a good pass rush. Um, yes, the running game is suspect. And if you can't run the ball against the Cincinnati defense, it does present a whole lot of problems. But I just have a feeling looking ahead to Notre Dame maybe maybe gets them. I'm unsettled on a final score, but I'll go 27-24 Indiana with the last second field goal. Dead silence. Hey, hey you dead silence. You, you want to anger the the masses? Go right ahead. Because they're gonna be like, how could you not pick them to you know you know didn't how. pick them to go undefeated last I year. I know. And I, I I don't see anybody in the AAC that, that beats them. So if I'm going to pick one, it's got to be one of these two. I can't pick them to lose to Notre Dame. Screw that. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Indiana. Bye week. Are we comfortable with where Cincinnati stands against bye week? I like them to cover comfortably. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, do think that, I do think that's an underrated part of the schedule is that they get, you know, no matter what happens in the Indiana game, Notre well, Dame the, plays Wisconsin that week. Right. Cincinnati and, has that week off. The funny thing, too, looking at the schedule as a whole, so you have Murray State before Indiana. You have a bye week before Notre Dame, and then you get Temple before UCF with an extra day, which is a bye week, basically, and double both both home on the Temple right. UCF thing too. So you don't have yeah. to go anywhere. So yeah. you don't have to go anywhere. So like even those type of situations have, you know, they they do have, you know, obviously you're gonna get the two road games, but like the the way the schedule works out. I, you couldn't have drawn it up like any better given the year that you wanted it to look like this. Especially conference-wise. Yeah. yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Notre Dame, go. Justin, would you like to start? You want me to go first? All you right. First. So, well, well, that's good because I'm probably going to piss everybody off. Um, <laughs> for a lot of the same things you said, Chad, like, I just think it's really hard to go undefeated. I think it's going to be really hard to win both of these games. You know, Dave, you said you always talk about how do other teams score. So, like, when I'm looking at these games, my thought is always how does Cincinnati lose? Right. You know, taking out, like, some crazy injury right. or like, something like that. That's what we would always say last year is, like, outside of six turnovers and Des getting hurt, like, how does the other team score enough points for UC to lose? Right. So, when I'm looking at this game, if I'm, you know, Notre Dame on defense and maybe John Williams and – Dylan O'Quinn and James Tunstall, maybe they're up for it and and they're really good. But I just – I think if you're looking at potential weak spots, you're going to just blitz Dez and try and make him uncomfortable because we saw in the second half of the Peach Bowl how that changes 
changes Cincinnati's offense. I don't think it's going to be as bad as uh, Mets at tackle. God love Mets, but th- I think that's going to be a place. Notre Dame has really good defensive line talent, so I think they're going to try to exploit that. Um, I think, you know, I don't even know if it's a weak point, but I think if you're going to try and attack this defense, you just pound it up the middle. And we saw Tulsa do that a little bit in the title game last year. I know Notre Dame lost a bunch of offensive line from from last season, but they always have a good offensive line. They have really good running backs. So if they're able to kind of control the clock and get Cincinnati out of what they want to do defensively, 3-3-5, you know, if they're having to scramble and maybe switch things up on the fly, they could keep the ball away from them. They could control the clock. Um, I think Lenny is really good, but we saw what Lenny did to this defense and in, in practice, you know, at higher ground and in camp in the red zone. And I think Michael Mayer is really good. So I think that could be a, a matchup problem for Cincinnati's defense, especially if they're getting you know, some, up the middle. I know somebody that doesn't agree with you, but I won't say who about Michael Mayer being really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I might know someone too, but, uh, I, I think he's really good. I do too. Um, <laughs> So I think that could be a potential if they're worried about just the run game and they're trying to cover Michael Mayer at the same time, I think that'll be tough. I think when people, their initial thought when they're going to Marcus Freeman is he's going to know how to stop this offense because he goes against it. I think just as important, if not more important is he's going to know how to exploit the defense. He knows all these guys. He coached all these guys. He recruited all these guys. If they're vulnerable at all, he would know how he would know where they were vulnerable and you know, he's going to be telling the offensive, you know, Notre Dame's offense, what they traitor to... <laughs> traitor <laughs> son so, of a bitch. And you know what? I think there are three teams in college football, right. That have longer home win streaks than Cincinnati, Clemson, Ohio state, Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. I, so for all of those reasons, I just, think it's really hard to expect Cincinnati to go into South Bend and win. I don't, I don't think it's impossible. I wouldn't be shocked if they're 4-0 on October 3rd, but I just think that when the more I looked at it and the more I thought about it and just all the like, you know, nonsense Cincinnati um, inferiority complex history with BK and now Marcus over there, like, I don't think the players are going to be tight, but man, I think the fans are going to be really tight. Not that that will matter, but it's just especially three and if they're three and zero, I can assure you, I will be loose by by the time that baby kicks off. I've been in Cincinnati long enough to to know how things tend to go for Cincinnati sports fans. So, um, whether whether it's metaphysical or actually something I think is going to happen on the field, I, I just have a hard time picking them to win that game for, for Cincinnati fans sake. I really hope I'm wrong. Uh, Notre Dame has a, a real, like, I think Florida state's going to give them a game this weekend. It, you're, you're breaking in a new quarterback, even though he's a transfer, he's, he's a more of a veteran guy. Um, I, I think Notre Dame gets tested, you know, obviously Wisconsin, but, but also Florida state. Uh, I think they're going to probably be a little bit beat up coming into this game. They've already lost their starting li- starting linebacker. Um, I, I I just I like, especially if if I you know Luke Fickle has proven outside of what Memphis has he lost back to back games at Cincinnati outside of the two Memphis road games. No. I don't think no, he has the first year obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, that does that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think you're right. That didn't happen. So if I've got them losing to Indiana with a bye week. 
to focus on what they've seen on tape from Notre Dame so far throughout the season. Uh, I think they get Notre Dame. I, I just, uh, the defense, I think will be able to slow down what Notre Dame wants to do. And yes, like you said, mayor, and, and they've got a really good running back. Um, I think they load up on the run. I wouldn't be surprised four man front, maybe against Notre Dame. And you let your outside guys go against their outside guys. If you listen to Notre Dame fans, they've, they've not been happy with where they're at at wide receiver. They're not happy with where they're at at corner. Yeah. Um, you know, you're really going to have a hard time. I think if you're Notre Dame covering the, the five, six, seven guys that UC puts out there at wide receiver, plus Lenny, plus Josh. Um, I, I like this to be a game that Cincinnati jumps out early and, and controls. Um, I think it's going to be close. When I say control, I don't mean run away with it, but I think this is a game that Cincinnati plays from the front. When they're playing from the front, you take away a little bit of that ability to run and play the, uh, the underneath game with Michael Mayer. And I like where this goes for Cincinnati in terms of uh, exercising the demons of Brian Kelly and Marcus Freeman and Mike Denbrock has the last laugh. And he will laugh a lot. Oh. <laughs> There's a bottle of bourbon that night that it's gonna, that's going to be in for a hurting. You might, you guys might be able to get, if they win, you might be able to get Denbrock on the podcast like after the game. No, on the I, want him, home. I want him at the after party at the Air, <laughs> Airbnb that we have rented right off of campus. <laughs> if I, I let him know where it is, he might stop by. I wouldn't rule it out. Do you, okay. do you, do you think it'd be better for Cincinnati if Notre Dame beats or loses to Wisconsin or doesn't they got to win? Beats. They got to win. You have to have, look, if Cincinnati's going to get the credibility that, that they want out of this season, Indiana and Notre Dame, if you're going to go undefeated, like if, if in a perfect world, all of your dreams come true, right? And they get to 13 and 0. If Notre Dame and Indiana aren't like Notre Dame, 10 and two, Indiana nine and three, somewhere in that range where they're still ranked and they're still relevant. If both those teams are seven and five, eight and four, Notre Dame, somewhere, Notre Dame ain't going anywhere near that. I, no, you're right about that. They need Notre Dame and Indiana to be I think good. You, you I, were I meant like to win the game mindset. Yeah. Like, well, will it I don't be better them, if Notre Dame? I don't Dame's... want them losing to Wisconsin unless that meant that they lost like six starters for the year to injury. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. I don't need them losing that game. You need them to beat Wisconsin. Any way, any way you slice it, you need them to beat Wisconsin, I think. But here's the thing is, like, Wisconsin starts off with Penn State. Yeah. So if they lose that game. <coughs> that tomorrow or Saturday? Saturday. I'm, Saturday. I would be more worried about the Notre Dame-Wisconsin game. But as to Notre Dame, you guys have kind of mentioned several different things. They have a very, very Thanks. good run, very, very good running back, Kyron Williams. I'm not sure about the offensive line though. Like Kane Madden transferred over from Marshall. He's pretty darn good. Jared Patterson's their center. He's good. I'm pretty sure they're starting a true freshman at left tackle. Who is supposed to be maybe one day like elite elite. And probably will be because every four years, Notre Dame puts a I mean, BK's had a first-round offensive lineman drafted like literally every year he's been there. And they have one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. Touched on Michael Mayer. He's definitely a mismatch problem for anybody that we 
try to cover him with because he's a mismatch problem for any team in the country. They're hopeful about their wide receivers, but I think that's kind of like how we were last year. Like, we think they can be better, but we kind of have to see it. So that's not something that we'll know until, you know, games start being played. Defensively, they put their two best defensive ends in the NFL last year. So I think they're not as good as they, you know, as they've usually been. And Chad, you mentioned the corners. That's definitely an issue. But then they have Kyle Hamilton, who's like a top 10 draft pick playing all over the place on defense. So I'm kind of like, do they use him as a spy on Dez? Or are their corners not good enough and he has to get into coverage where then like Justin, you talked about blitzing. If they blitz and Kyle Hamilton's in coverage, that just opens things up for Dez to run. So like I've, I've been on this train and, and I guess it also comes back to the quarterback position. Like I, Des is so much better than Graham Mertz that was no, Jack no, Cone. it's Jack Cone. Jack Cone. Graham Mertz was the Wisconsin quarterback that was better than than Jack this Cone. guy. Forced this guy to transfer. Like so, the transitive property. If Des is better than Graham Mertz, then he's he's definitely better than Jack Cone. Well, here's the other thing too. Like if they I saved if they, you there. If they play with their food but beat Florida State and lose to Wisconsin. Is he even the starting quarterback in this game? Or do they go to the freshman? That's supposed yeah. to be like, you know, the, the next the next big thing, but maybe just not ready to play yet. Like, there's a that'd lot be a, of that. That'd be a tough assignment for a, a it freshman. It would be. I think, uh, I think Cincinnati would, li- would like if they did. Oh, that. for sure. But, like, does, does BK feel the heat, like, that this guy's just not getting it done, you know, and we got him, and this other kid is showing that he can play. I don't know. I'm just looking at, you know, hypotheticals out the ass. But I, like, I just think top to bottom, UC has more talent than they do. And I think blocking Maje is going to be a problem for whether it's Notre Dame or Murray State. Um, Definitely got a problem for Murray State. Yes. And I just don't, like, if you're wide receiver, if you're not sure about your wide receivers – can you really beat this defense just running Kyron Williams and throw into your tight end with a quarterback that we're not sure, if, you know, how good he is. Like, All is right. That, that, might, that might be what it comes down to. <laughs> right. I mean, is that enough to, to, to score enough points to beat UC just doing those two things? Justin, you want to go ahead and piss everybody off and give your score? 24-23 Notre Dame. That's a stupid score, Justin. I do want to say though, <laughs> it would be great if so. If Cincinnati's three and zero, like it's you know that Notre Dame Wisconsin game is that next weekend, so it's not like nationally, but you get two weeks locally of talking about that game, and then honestly, no, regardless of what Notre Dame does, that whole week like is going to be a huge national spotlight on that game. Oh yeah, Cincinnati's three and zero. So I think that would be really cool, just leading up to it. But yeah, I'm still I'm picking a stupid score. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll go 27-21 Cincinnati. Like I said, I think they get out fairly early. Uh, they control most of the game. They, they keep Notre Dame from really being able to settle in and run the football like they want to. Uh, Notre Dame scores late to make it 27-21. Bearcats win. 
Cole Smith at the gun, 27-24. David Simone rushes the field, possibly spends the night in South Bend. No. Not at the Airbnb. Where where that is TBD. Are you taking the train, Dave? No, no, no. I'm going up like Thursday night, playing golf Friday at the South Bend Country Club or whatever. We, my parents' next door neighbor is from South Bend. His whole family still lives there. Like they're throwing this huge tailgate party. So like, yeah, we're going up doing the whole, yeah. So should be when are you coming week. back? Like Monday? No, we'll come back Sunday. Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I'll be fine. Is this <laughs> the first time I've done something like this? Him and, no. him and Denbrock are going to Uber back Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Denbrock's going to ride with us because he's not taking the team bus back. <laughs> All right. Uh, second bye week of the season, Temple, Friday night. <laughs> Ugly, I mean, right? I don't even know what even you can say about them. Even on a short week, even on a short week, their whole team last year had COVID or was got hurt. Like Dewan Mathis is all I legitimately know is Dewan Mathis is their starting quarterback, and he started the first game for Georgia last year and got benched for you know what was that guy's name? The I, I don't know Winston Stindeman the third or something. Oh yeah, or, yeah. The guy that was uh, they they pulled him off a frat intramural team, yeah, and, so, and, and, and put him in the in the in the game. Uh, yeah, it'll be ugly. 40, 13. thirteen. Yeah, I, I don't know that their starters could could score on Cincinnati's third team. Yeah, I don't know. We have we're a little tired from partying after the Notre Dame game. They get a, <laughs> they get a they get a cheapy at the end or something. 52-3. Justin's got me inspired to pull out random numbers out of my ass. <laughs> Fifty two is yeah. a real score though. Like seven touchdowns and a field goal. Fifty-three is <laughs> I, I like it. I, I approve. Um, I'm going 45-7. I think that's that's reasonable. It's reasonable. What's the line going to be for that, Dave? Let's see. If Miami's 22 and a half, probably somewhere Car- around carry there. the one 25. It'll it will it's going to depend on like what what does you see going into that game? Are they five now? You you think they are right? Is Justin and I have them at four and one. Is Temple Owen? Oh, are we like, doing this fucking exercise right here? Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know. Like 25, 25 Sorry, 26 Dan. points. Probably probably like 25, 26. You think they're going to be five and zero oh going to the game? I do. So oh. what what do you think the spread is going to be? Min- I didn't Minnesota, think this was hard. Minnesota touchdown. More more snaps for Prater in this game than does. Oh yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, all right. Central Florida. The day before my birthday, October 16th. Nippert Stadium. I would have to imagine this is going to be Nippet Night. Oh. Like, I think UC's got to call the conference. Well, maybe this won't be <laughs> Nippet Night. Hey, hey, guys. Uh, sorry, you're on. You're noon on ESPNU. Yeah. We're number four well, in the country. Oh, yeah, you know, we just – we couldn't – there's nothing but we could do. Our hands are. They're tied. not gonna. They're gonna be pissed at Central Florida too. 
So they're putting they're definitely putting them on ESPN Plus at ESPN at noon. Plus at noon. Yeah. 11, 11 a.m. They can do that for ESPN Plus. <laughs> yeah, but you get to make your own times on ESPN Plus. So they would just we would just put it at 3 30 because that's that's apparently the the, the money. They're, they're actually they're moving it to the pit. <laughs> they got the, the letters all messed up and they're moving it to the pit instead of the nip at 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Uh, Dave, I, I mean, you, you've been the, the, the foremost authority on your concerns about uh, Dylan Gabriel and Gus Malzahn's offense. I just don't know how he fits. I'm interested to see how tonight goes. If that game, I've stolen game. that completely. By the way, any podcast I go on, if that game actually happens, it, I've stolen your shit completely. Okay, that's fine. I'm just giving you credit for it now. Oh, whatever. I don't, okay, that's fine. good. Um, <laughs> I'm not. Sure. He's not going to, and he steals it next time again. I'm no, sure screw how, that. I'm not sure how he fits, and they have to replace a lot of skill. On offense, their defense was butt last year. Gus has brought in a ton of transfers, uh, offensively and defensively, from the SEC. And I just – I I think he, he's going to end up being a good hire for however long he's there, which if the Arkansas job opens, I might only be one year. But I'm not sure this is the year just because of what I said on offense, transfers, and Hypo like just didn't recruit very well the last couple of years. So there's not a ton of like young impact talent on their roster. They wouldn't have had to bring in so many transfers. How do you feel about Hypo as a recruiter? Shut the hell up. Well, he should do better. He's got the biggest recruiting budget in the country now. And money now can buy you recruits. Exactly. Like, <laughs> just ask Memphis. Right. They, they can actually give out McDonald's bags of cash now. Exa- exactly. They could. Just an NIL deal with McDonald's. Sponsored uh-huh. by McDonald's. That's their that's their angle. Like you come into McDonald's, you show them your player ID, and they just hand you a McDonald's bag of cash. Money. That yeah. would be a hell of an NIL sponsorship. You talk about the balls on that one. I'd be in there a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead with your, um, your UCF me, breakdown. I just did. You're done? Yeah. All right. Justin. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really curious. I would I would have liked to have been what like into the third quarter of that Boise UCF game <laughs> it, right now. It, but it that has not no, it's still it's half an hour from kicking off. Still in a weather delay. They're showing people like huddled away from the rain. Looks like they're on the field right now. So maybe it's actually gonna I mean, happen. That really pains me that that wonderful wonderful well you can't you can't have those people in that that stadium the whole place is it will give you a light a lightning shock it's true um so i'm curious 9 45 like. is what they say kickoff 9 45 oh man um, yeah that one's going to be going on until like 2 a.m and i got to do since 360 in the morning so the morning I'm not gonna, it's noon man i have to get up and go there in the morning <laughs> it's uh i like i think malzano's a good hire i think uh sorry sorry dave they probably upgraded their coach um by by that that, there's no doubt about that (laughs) dave agrees wholeheartedly that's why he's pissed yeah i know that's that's why i'm sorry um i was was on the josh heupel is not a good coach 
maybe the day they hired Josh. Heupel. Maybe it's no. I'm t- when UCF like. Yeah, Josh. When UCF hired. Him. Yeah, I mean, I've been on that one for a while, and I'm think some people thought I, you know, some of our fans were probably like, "What the hell is he talking about?" And I was like, "I don't see it." And the longer he was there, the more obvious it became. So no, I. And then he got not- hired at Tennessee, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Again, um, <laughs> I, I like I, this I, cuss like 14 times in this show. I've got a lot. I've got to keep catching up. I know. Um, I think I actually think Dylan Gabriel is gonna be gonna be good. I, I don't think it's a perfect fit, and I think they'll probably go like a different direction, you know, back to what Malzahn wants to do when when they he gets his own quarterback. But I think he's gonna be good. I just think kind of the opposite of the Notre Dame game, where I think there's some ways that you know I don't think Cincinnati can lose to a bunch of teams, but I think Notre Dame can figure out ways to beat them. I just think this Cincinnati team is built to beat UCF, like oh, especially I- now with how good the offense is. You know that their defense is designed to, you know, maybe not shut down UCF, but as much as anyone else in the country can to handle UCF the way they play, and they're designed to keep them in front more well, than, yeah. than anybody like, else. Their biggest strength was their style of play. I mean, they rent they run the easiest offense to to decipher whatever you want. Like, yeah, it's like four front. plays, right? Yeah. But so if you're not doing that anymore, like Gus is a really good offensive coach and he's calling the plays for the first time in a long time. So I'm not doubting him, but like they recruited to a very specific style of offense that now you are not doing at all. So like their biggest strength is gone basically. So in this first year, I just, I'm not sure how it's going to work. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I think it'll be a close game. I think UCF's going to be good and they're obviously going to be pissed off after losing for the past two years and, and wanting to get Cincinnati back. But uh, I think I think Cincinnati wins a close game. I hope – I think it'd be good for the rivalry or whatever you want to call it if Malzahn sticks around for a while and they're playing each other in the Big 12 uh, next year, according to Dave, or in a couple of years otherwise. But <laughs> – uh, but yeah, this year I just don't. I think it'll be too early and too kind of, you know, mixing of what Malzahn wants to do with with what they have. And so I'm going to say 38-31, Cincinnati wins. I think this is the year UC actually kind of pulls away from them in a game because I, I just think they're going to be able to finally, you know, get enough stops in the second half to where the offense is able to take advantage uh, of Central Florida's weakness. Uh, which I still think is going to be defense. Um, I, I'm are, are anybody here a big Randy Shannon guy? <clears throat> no, because he used to be at Tennessee. <laughs> like I, 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 you know, I don't have a lot of faith in old Randy Shannon uh, running UCF's defense. So I, I think this is one Cincinnati pulls away. I'm going to go. We go 35 to 20. Um, I think this one. <laughs> Fickle what just makes it clear, you know, we're ahead of you. We're better than you. So I got the hiccups. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Navy. Hold on. I didn't give, I didn't give my, score. Oh, you didn't give your, <clears throat> no, 38, 38, 21. So you're kind of the same boat as me. Yeah. I just, <clears throat> excuse me. There's, there's a, there's a pretty, I think there's been a pretty big drop off in, in their overall talent offensively 
from last year to this year. I, I, I'm with Justin. I really wish we'd be like two quarters in uh, at halftime right now and, and had an opinion on what we had seen out of the side. Did you change your, your setup there, Justin, by the way? Didn't you used to sit the other way, like the long way? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. It was, I was, I was your okay. toys down, you know. It's uh, all okay. Uh, yeah, he I mean, I'm not the, complaining. Ohio Sports Writer of the Year trophy in the background. It, go, it would go nice on that shelf up there over your left shoulder. I'm, I am just, I'm, I'm finding space where I can live my life down here. <laughs> if, people, if people saw the toys just strewn well, about around me. The other one is just now probably what old enough to like start chucking stuff around. Oh yeah. 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 So it's, so this, this, it's a problem, but yes. Uh, maybe. Uh, do we see the bear front again? What do we like? I, I think that's the one thing now that I'm kind of um, anticipating to find out is like, is, is Mike Tressel a guy that, that throws us something out of the blue every once in a while? Cause I love that about Marcus Freeman. Like I, I really used to like, I would stand in the end zone at the beginning of games and be counting alignments, be counting shifts. Like, and I know you did the same in the, in the press box, Justin, because that fascinated me. Like, what the hell is Marcus going to do this time against this team? You know, not necessarily just Navy, but we saw it against UCF. And we, you know, we saw it a bunch of different times. I was fascinated by that stuff. I don't know what we're going to see this time, but you have to think Fickle's going to have his hand in the, in the mix saying, this is what's worked for us against Navy. This doesn't appear at least early in the season. I guess it's hard with Navy. You never know until, you know, game two or three, if they've got that dynamic quarterback uh, that, that makes plays for them. But I, I have a hard time imagining Navy well, having a lot of success. Mr. Williams hot taked the hell out of Navy in an article today where he said is, they were going to go. Is that published? They were going to go 0-12. Oh 0-12? Oh they requested, they did like a did hot take. Hot take roundup. Didn't you wrote their their state of the program? Didn't you? That's, that's why. That's part of the reason. Why I gonna, <laughs> and you're shitting on him with zero and twelve. He's got inside information. First Tended of all, is never speaking to you again. They requested hot takes. It's not supposed to be a reasonable, rational take. So I, I felt like I had to rise to the occasion. Uh, I did. I did write the the state of the program. I. Oh, and 12, it was a hot take. I think they were, what, three and nine last year yeah. or something like that. I don't think they're going to be as bad as last year just because I think they're, they're going to be better on offense. I think they have quarterback. They have options at least to be a little bit better. But they have a really hard schedule, which is part of the reason why I picked it. I like oh, and 12's possibility. They don't have an FCS school. They don't have a bad, you know, a really low-level G5 school to beat. Like their easiest, quote-unquote, game out of conference is Marshall. That's who they open week one with. Yeah, Easy Marshall. now. Mar- Marshall could win. The, that's what I'm saying. They could oh, win the conference. US. Marshall's favorite. They should have no problem with Navy. They should win conference USA this year. So they're really good. Their their conference schedule. They do play Temple and ECU, but they have a brutal conference schedule. They get everybody: Cincinnati, UCF, Memphis, Houston, SMU. Uh, they play Notre Dame. They play Air Force and Army. Oh, I just I think their schedule is really tough, and that was what led to my hot take. I actually don't think they'll be as bad statistically as last year, but they're not going to they, be as bad as last year, but statistically, oh, 
was last year. <laughs> and that was a hot take. We'll see if I'm right. Um, Cincinnati still has Kyle Bolden, the secret weapon for uh, <laughs> for the triple option. Um, I I'm I'm gonna say 55 to nine. Navy does have a good field, a pretty good field goal kicker. So here he goes again, 55. 55 that's, to nine. That's a good one. Two field goals. Uh, a missed extra point. A blocked extra point. But yes, I just. The longer they are in the conference, the worse it's going to get for them, right? I'm not sure. I feel like they probably should have taken a cue from when Army joined Conference USA, however long ago that was, probably 15, 20 years ago, and just – it's just not – you don't surprise teams anymore with your offense. You're recruiting against, like – you know, you're not recruiting against other AAC teams, but, like, they're just recruiting a different player, obviously. And, like, UC knows the formula now. They're going to play that, that same defense. They know, you know, it's just not a surprise anymore. And the, the talent gap is just, it's, it's, you know, exponential. So, because of that. Because defense has been their problem for the longest time, and this offense is going to whip their ass. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, they can't cover. Like, that was why the Army game last year was so frustrating was because, like, they couldn't cover our receivers. Like, we just couldn't. It was beginning of the year when the offense kind of stunk. But, like, they can't cover anybody that UC puts out there. Like, there's no chance. So the only reason this might, and this is kind of probably going to look very similar to the last time they played them at home. Um, you're just going to have a fewer possessions. So I'm going to go like 45-6. Do you think part of their argument for being in the conference is like, so they now they recruit much better than the other service academies. But what are may- they? <laughs> they are. Well, I mean, that's, and, and that, but that's a question is, you know, they didn't beat them last year necessarily, but like, is that worth it? Is it worth it to still have this huge talent gap? And, you know, they've, they've had success in the conference not that long ago, no, but I, I mean, think you're right. The longer they stay in, probably the harder it's going like, to get. How many, like how many times are they going to have a guy like Malcolm Perry at quarterback right. and everything else also works together? I just like, don't know it's, if it's worth it to be, to beat out, the other service academies on the recruiting trail, if you then you're still only playing them twice a year and having to play Cincinnati right. and UCF. And I mean, Memphis. you play 12 games, you only play Army and Air Force. Like, but I do think it's because of how bad they were last year and how bad they've been against UC the past, what, two years, three years, I guess, two, the last two times they played. But Navy hasn't been that bad just overall the past few years, other than last year. No, last year was real bad, and they and Ken usually bounces back from years like years like that. <clears throat> I just wonder the longer you go in this in a conference like this, like you're not you're not bouncing back against the same type of teams you used to play. Like you're like you said, you're playing a team that could win Conference USA. You're playing Notre Dame. You're playing your two biggest rivals. And then you're also playing like three teams that could be in the Big Twelve. 
next year. And three other teams that would be like at the top of the AAC if UC, UCF and Houston are gone. Like that is not a schedule to, to continue to grow with and to, to bounce back with, you know, off a, off a bad season. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go, I, I, I think this offense rolls Navy, but does Luke really run it up on a service Academy and, and to what extent does he run it up on a service Academy? Uh, we're picking weird scores in the 57s, 50, 57, 57, uh, <laughs> 57 to 57 to, to 10. A touch, seven touchdowns, two field goals, and a safety. 57 to 10. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> See, Dave, you put more thoughts into my scores than I do. You're, like, actually trying to add up how to get there. I'm trying to figure out, like, is it even possible? <laughs> Everything is possible. Anything is possible. Except for one. You can't score one. It's right? not one to nothing. Yeah. Anything else you can get to, I think. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Minnesota 14, Ohio State 10. That's what's going to be wild about this season with so many new quarterbacks and so many new, like, looks for all these teams because they lost so much last year. They're rowing the boat. God, I, I, I can't root for P.J. Fleck. Oh, no. Even, no. even against Ohio State, I'm, re- I'd I'm rather, rooting for Ohio State. I would rather yeah. they beat the, that son of a – I would – as much disdain as I have for Ohio State, maybe Luke Fickle has softened me over the past five years. I, I can't – I couldn't stand seeing Ohio State lose to Minnesota. All right. Halloween on the road. Well, October 30th, close enough to Halloween. On the road. In New Orleans, maybe depending. Yeah. Could be it could be at Legion Field. Yeah, could be oh anywhere. God, no. Justin's going to a war zone for Halloween. Halloween. What's okay, what's worse? Halloween in New Orleans or Halloween at Legion Field? Anything at Legion Field is worse. I was saying, I yeah, Legion Field make takes worse for me no matter how that sentence starts. I feel like anytime we talk about Legion Field, we have I always have to mention that when they played in the Papa John's.com bowl, they ran out of Papa John's pizza. Which was outstanding. I feel like anytime we mention Legion Field, I have to mention Richard Skinner going face first down the bleachers because his body weight got out over, he got out over his skis a little bit and just down the bleachers. I also, that's always the bowl game that I think about when when you can tell like if a bowl game matters or not is if they put the actual teams that are playing in it, logos and names in the end zones. And that one always says like, welcome to Birmingham. And it it always just makes me laugh. Like no one's ever been like, yes, we're going to Birmingham. Was, yeah, I Birmingham, won't retort Birmingham Bowl was, was not a fun experience. I like the city of Birmingham. Yeah, I, I agree with say, that. I should say no one's ever like, yes, we get to play at Legion Field. Yes. It's just the – like, that's that's what's weird to me about Birmingham is it's like the entire city has been redone, and they just forgot that part. They got a new – UAB's got a new stadium, though, don't they? 
Yeah. Being, I don't think it's ready. It's being. It's filled. almost done. Oh, yeah, it's almost oh, done. It's not ready. Okay. Not yet, but. Look, and they got a Bucky's. I'll say that's true. Maybe now I, I I wouldn't. I know it'd be a major disappointment if Cincinnati plays in the Birmingham Bowl this year, but <laughs> at least I'd get to go to Bucky's. So. Well, with every the, day with the, the AAC tie-ins, you lose a couple. You probably end up there. <laughs> every day. You'd be at Buck. I'd be at Buck. I wonder, I wonder if I could watch it. From they got TVs. I'd probably watch it from there, right? Yeah. Taryn went today for the first time, Justin. I don't know if you heard that segment. I saw. Yeah, I saw. He told me when I talked to him, whatever that was yesterday before we went on, that he was going down there. So he was. I the the funny thing was, he was like, "Well, we're gonna go. We'll stop on the way way in." And I was like, "Well, if you stop on the way in, you're gonna stop on the way out." Exactly. <laughs> so I asked him today. I said, "Are you are you guys going back uh, when you leave?" And he's like, "Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah." Because Dad apparently got like a fried chicken sandwich. I didn't know they had that. Oh wow! If Bucky's is in the fried chicken sandwich wars, hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I told Skinny today that they're putting one in in Richmond. And uh, are you in, Justin? We're gonna we're gonna do a video. Whenever that opens, it's going down like either 20 summer of 22 or maybe summer of 23. I can't remember. I think it's summer of 22. That would be great. Um, we're going to do a video of, of us all going because skinny has long been like gas station food guy. He loves gas station food. Loves it. I I, I could see that. So I, we want to, I sent him a picture of, uh, of a Bucky's today because we talked about it on the radio. If he had ever been knowing how much he loves gas station food. And uh, I sent him a picture and the only thing he sent me back was holy shit. <laughs> Dave, we're going to be in trouble here. Yeah. You're, this is definitely getting us off track. I'd like to talk about Tulane. We let's still have this, five games left. So let's get this back on schedule. This, this might not yes. end before the UCF-Boise State game ends. Yeah. Uh, Tulane, two Green Wave. Michael Pratt. They're, every year, they're everybody's most improved uh, team, right? Willie, Willie Fritz is like the most underrated great coach that's never won more than seven damn games in his freaking career. I, I mean, like... Are Willie Fritz and Kirk Ferentz related? Well, Kirk Ferentz has actually won some shit. Yeah, but every year, he's like Kirk, like Kirk Ferentz shit but like new offensive coordinator new defensive coordinator replacing two really damn good defensive linemen um one who the Bengals drafted right they did yeah um i mean they still have got some you know good i'd say good talent i mean a lot of guys a lot of offensive skill guys coming back i would like if there's a I, don't, I hate to use the term trap game, but like if there's a game where you see like screws around a little bit, I think this could be the one. Um, Cause like Tulane's good enough to beat you. If you don't play pretty clean, you're on the road, but if you yeah. play pretty clean, they don't have the dudes to match up. And I just like, I just, I'm not going to doubt Luke always have, like, I just don't feel like UC is going to go into a game 
and we're just going to be like, they just weren't prepared. Or they just, like, they just dicked around all game and just couldn't figure it out. And it was just one of those games. Like, I just don't see that happening. And and if that if that's a game, it this is maybe it. But, like, I don't know. I'm just not, like, there's not the dude. They don't have the dudes. So I would think this is something like 3120. Yeah, I I picked 2814 for the same reason. Like it shouldn't be that close, but they, you know, screw around for a quarter and a half or for for the first half or or whatever and it's they end up winning and it's comfortable, but and maybe they're beat up coming out of Navy cuz that tends to happen after you play Navy, so maybe that's part of it too, but I'm with you. I think they maybe get a slow start, but they're going to they're going to they should win it. I go back to the old question here, Dave. How does Tulane score? Score enough points. I, I, yeah. I, I can't I like look that they run kind of that weird spread triple option stuff that I, I just I, I, I can't see them having the speed to get to the edge. I can't see them having success up the middle against Marcus Brown and Curtis Brooks and Joel DeBlanco and Darian Beavers and Wilson Huber and Brian Cook and I I I can't see Tulane with more than 10 points in this game. I just can't, which no, means I, you're going mean, to see. I can, I can see that. I mean, they do have some – I mean, Michael Pratt had a – he threw more touchdowns than any freshman in the country last year. Like, they've got some guys, but – Against just, Sauce and Kobe? No, well, I'm just saying, like, to score more than 10, I, I could say that. Yeah. Okay, 13. Okay, that's fine. You changed, you effectively changed one of my scores, Dave. 31 13. Bearcats. I just, and I don't, I just don't think we're going to go through the year where it's like everything is clean. Important players don't miss any games. Like we don't have a game like where you have some uncharacteristic penalties or turnovers or, you know, and I just think this could, this could maybe be that type of game. That's fair. And if, if it is played in New Orleans, it's the night, it's Hallow's Eve in, in, in New Orleans. Some weird shit can happen. Uh, I'll give you that. Uh, all right, Tulsa. Unfortunately, guys, I have been informed that Kelly Hines and RJ Young uh, have petitioned the American Athletic Conference after <laughs> Cincinnati's acceptance into the Big 12. And this game will be played in Tulsa. Okay. <laughs> they're getting dummied right now aren't they uh it was seven it was seven to three the last score oh, okay. i saw i don't i mean that's been a while so let me uh this is great radio for the next, great po- justin give us some thoughts give us some thoughts on two i was next trying to look day. it up too and i couldn't, fall, I couldn't T- 10 to 10. Ten, 10 oh yeah you see davis Ooh. yeah woof yeah, I mean, I don't think the defense is, is going to be anywhere near it, as good. Um, they not only lost Saban Collins, they lost their two best corners. We, we've yeah. covered this before. And they, they do get that, what, Jackson player? I, I think yeah. he's pretty good. He's but, really I mean, good. He's not Zayvon Collins game-changing but, good. But how all. often does a defensive tackle, like, really dictate right. a game to, to that extent? Right. They, they lost their quarterback, too, right, Smith? I believe that might be a good thing. That addition by subtraction. Maybe. I mean, I think this is going to be not the, it meant a little bit more last year when uh, Cincinnati just 
thumped Memphis, but I think this is going to be a similar thing where like these two teams were close, kind of what you were saying about UCF. These two teams were, were close last year. And I think like Cincinnati's going to show just how much better they actually are this year. So I, I got 38, 10. You weren't going to let Dave talk you into an extra field goal. No, I'm st- I'm sticking hard. I think they could score more than ten. I just don't well, think they will. Like, do I have to? I mean, I, we what did we have? What did we have them in the draw? The hat seventh. I think so. Yeah. Even even though I thought that they were like the third best team. I see, and I will vehemently disagree with that soon. I yeah, I've switched I, on to the top of the conference. I'm probably be- I'm probably like, you know, not looking at them as as that good as that good I, anymore. I think I picked them like fifth or sixth. I just I think they're gonna. But did you draw bit. names out of a fucking hat? I did not do that. Um, yeah, I just. You know what you have... should have done is you should have taped names to the toys, and randomly picked a toy, or randomly had your your little yeah, one, the youngest, and yeah, my daughter throw a toy at me. Yeah, like here, bring um, me a toy, and whatever toy she brought you was that team. That would have been awesome content. <laughs> they have good running backs. Good receiver. We're doing. You're doing that with us next year, by the way. The 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 ranking. We're doing that pod together next year, so we can we can get you involved in that nonsense. <laughs> oh, Texas Tech, interesting. Yeah. You, know, you, think you think we'll get invited to that one as the newcomers? Not if they've heard our reputation. Justin <laughs> will get invited to it. Justin got invited on Let It Fly. Of course, they're going to put it. Oh yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you had the time to join us tonight. Like he said, he's lucky that we we booked him before that that came out. My my brand manager who I just hired tonight told me this wasn't a good idea, but you know whatever. He was right. <laughs> <laughs> he was right. Uh, did you pick a score yet, Dave? No, I really haven't said anything about them yet. Okay, then go ahead. Uh. They have good receivers and good running backs, but we don't know what the quarterback's going to be like. And like you said, I mean, their strengths defensively are all gone. I don't, I don't see this one being particularly close. They seem to really fluctuate from like really good year to really bad year. And I'm not trying to take anything away from them last year. Like they went to UCF and won and they made it to the conference championship game. And they took UC to the horn, but they won so many games in just like, Holy shit. How did you like that should not have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like they beat ECU because the refs legitimately gave them the game. They threw a a 30 or 40 yard touchdown pass on the last play of the game at Tulane to get to overtime like they legitimately should have had they went six and one they legitimately probably should have had at least three losses so um i'll go i'll I'll get in the vein of you guys picking random numbers i'll go 36 to 5 <laughs> i love it i love it I, I think UC handles this one pretty easily. Um, rake, the rake gets one blocked for a safety and Brian Mason loses his mind. Sends him back to Australia. It, ne- the, the next update will be him working on James Smith's cherry farm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Bales could win the punting job by that point in the season. So, 
look, there's no bigger member of the just the 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 Alex Bales fan club than Justin Williams. That's right. Uh, I I think UC handles this one easily. I just don't see a lot of firepower from Tulsa. Uh, uh, Randomly, the score randomizer says thirty-seven to eight. Score <laughs> thirty-seven to eight Bearcats. They they go for, they score. You see scores first. Tulsa scores on the next drive, and they go for a two-point conversion. They lead eight to seven in the middle of the first quarter, and they don't score again. How's that for Justin like likes that. looking looking yes, for random that's, stuff? That's the kind of stuff I like. Uh. South Florida, which is on par with uh, Murray State. Oh, yeah. They're, who's, they're currently who's losing be, 24 to nothing who, to NC worse? State right Who's now. worse, South Florida or Temple? And do those teams play this year? And will that be on TV? It'll be on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Temple was supposed to play tonight. Yeah, so they, yeah. Play, they play on the 23rd of October. Okay. Gonna make and, sure yeah, I, right now, gonna make sure I don't watch that one. TV TBD. Although I, I, those are the games I kind of enjoy watching. That's your kind of game. Mm-hmm. You love that kind of game. It's where I do my big time studying. Um, they are dog poop. In the oh, numbers. you're not going to say shit this time. This time you're not oh, going to say shit. I'm being, I'm being, being funny. Um, <laughs> Like, in, they are real, 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 real bad. <laughs> and this is like a how many points do you want to score game? I think this, 6 p.m. on a Friday in Tampa with like eight people at the game. I think a, this is the one. There'll be a ton of UC fans there. That's a great trip for, to go down there in the beginning of November, get out of Cincinnati, fly down Friday morning, Six o'clock game back on Saturday. Like, I think they're doing like a, a donor trip too for this, which would make sense. Of course. Yeah. I think like, this is one Cincinnati kind of sleepwalks through. Not to the point that it's in question, but to the point that it's like 31 to seven. You mean like the game they played against him last year? Yeah. 28 seven. I had a Cole Smith field goal, 31 seven. Williams. 44 to nothing. 44. 44 to nothing. We're, we're making a statement this game. Only game on Friday night. We're six and – what are we, six and oh, seven? They play Temple on point? Friday night. How many, how many wins do we have at that point? I've lost uh, Based on you, we would be nine and oh. oh we'd be nine – so we'd be, this would be for ten and oh? Yeah. We do play Temple on Friday night, though. So not the only Friday right. Friday night – Everybody's watching top five team in the country, 70 to nothing. <laughs> this this is the game Luke goes. You want to see how damn good we are? Here's how damn good we are. So this year, I predict that we don't get a back-to-back in the regular season game, then AAC championship game. I predict we get a November 20th game that repeats as the conference championship game, because the more and more I dig into things, I think SMU is going to be second. So SMU comes to Nippert stadium, November 20th, 
I don't know exactly where I think they'll be at at that point, but I think they're going to have maybe one loss in the conference, if not undefeated in the conference. SMU will be ranked. I think this is a huge game for the Bearcats. At this point, I think they will be nine and one. Dave has them 10 and 0. Justin has them nine and one. I think Jim Levitt makes a huge difference at SMU because their defense was so bad, so bad. And Jim Levitt is a really good defensive coach. And I think he makes that. They've got skill players all over the place. I think Tanner Mordecai is going to be at least decent, right? At least decent. And a really good running back. They got a really good running back. They got wide receivers. They got tight ends. I, I think this is going to be maybe the game of the year in the AAC. Would you guys disagree? Agree? No, I think I, 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 they play. So they play UCF the, the week before. Yeah. And they're, it's in, it's in Dallas, Fort Worth. So they beat UCF. Yeah. Now they're ranked. Is that, the even, is that even a big win anymore? Well, it depends on what <laughs> happens tonight in a game that was supposed to start four hours ago. Is it kicking off now? Yes. It's supposed to be kicking off in two minutes. Oh, I better put that on. They're on, yep, they're on the field. But no, I think you're, I mean, you I think watch whoever. The balls. That game's only what, 14 to 10? I know. They're, they're, uh, the hype train is uh, going off the tracks. <laughs> I think you're right. I think whoever wins that game the week before, and I think, you know, SMU gets them at home, SMU wins that game, comes in, and, I, you know, at that point might still have a chance to have to look. They play TCU. But other, other than the TCU game, they don't – they have a pretty relatively easy schedule before that. I guess they get Memphis – Houston, Memphis, UCF, Cincinnati all right in a row. But there's a chance that could be – you know, their first loss or their first they, – they could have no losses in conference coming into that game if they beat UCF. And maybe one, one loss to TCU. Yeah, or maybe they lose, you know, to Memphis or Houston or something. But I'm, I'm with you. I could see them finishing second. I could see them being ranked. Um, and I, and I, I, I think you're right. I think they could be pretty good. I just – the what Cincinnati was able to do to them last year, I don't think it'll be quite that bad. But, Williams, you just took my, my point. Oh, sorry. <laughs> give it back, Justin. Right now, give it Come back. Come on. And it's in Nippert, so that was my last thing. I just – I think it's uh, – I'll think about a score and I'll let Dave repeat what I just said. Well, my, <laughs> my question is why – what is different from, that, from last year that makes me think last year won't happen again? I guess if Mordecai is really, really good, but I don't know that – But Buchel was really good and you see stomped his ass. Yeah, I mean exactly. that was the difference last year, right? Buchel couldn't do anything against Those, Cincinnati. Like I don't. Well, and and I Des mean, I, figured it out. Yeah, I say this as someone who you know stopped playing football in eighth grade, but uh, them boys, them boys were scared. Like maybe had, that's maybe that's their wake up call. They had the drops. Because they had the dropsies. They did have the they, drops. They, yeah. If, if they, they were if they were a Florida team, we would have called that alligator arms. Oh, there you, there you go. Dad joke, but I'm... <laughs> but uh, I, I always made fun of Jim Levitt that was like, maybe this is only when he was a head coach, but like... Yeah, I think he's you, a great defensive you coordinator. You started the just... game up 7 nothing before you even kicked off because he was on the other sideline. Um, he is a really good defensive coordinator. I just... Like, 
42-17. I think it's – I'm going 28-20. I think it's going to be a close game at Nippert with a lot on the line. I, I, I think that could be like – okay, maybe like I said, you struggle in that USF game and you're, you're maybe – not stumble into the finish, but you're you're not as sharp as you want to be, like yet. And then you find a different gear, you know, after maybe this one. But I, twenty eight twenty, uh, I could see like I, the other alternative. I was thinking thirty one twenty initially. Uh, I'll go twenty eight twenty because I think SMU comes in with a lot of momentum, especially if they get through that Houston, Memphis, Cincinnati, or Houston, Memphis, UCF, and get to Cincinnati. They're going to be playing with a lot of confidence. I don't see any way they get through that three and zero. I don't know. Yeah, this, I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't know what think to think Houston's about. Going to be any good? I don't know what to think about Memphis right now either. Um, right. I, I guess I just don't know that. Like, I don't see SMU as this like world beater. Like, I just see if their defense is fixed. I think they're different. What's what is fixed? Not ninetieth. Not the- shit. Right. Not shit. <laughs> So, so if it's in the 50s or 60s in, like, SP+, plus, UC would still stomp that ass by, like, 30. Well, what if they're, like, 37? There's no – they don't have the dudes to do that. There's no way. Didn't they get I mean, a bunch of, of, of Power 5 transfers on no. defense? Uh-uh. No? Okay. They've been 30, 35-24. They've been recruiting well. Um, Justin with, went close. You're not freaking out on him. 35-24. He just snuck in. No, I'm just saying, like, head. I don't see their defense making this, like, monumental flip because they hired Jim Levitt. They got I one – they got a dude from, from Oregon, um, a linebacker. Other than that, I'm not sure if they got any other, like, big-time I just, I just think that, that Jim Levitt's a good defensive coordinator. Sue me. Boy, this is going to be close. This is going to be – we're getting to the nitty-gritty. Well, Justin, like, Justin, you didn't start when we started. You started – you came okay. in, like, ten minutes like later. We're, we're, five, we're, yeah. we're going we, – I can already tell we're going over because we started before 8 o'clock. It was we're, – we're at, like, the ten-minute mark. Wouldn't All it right, be brilliant? Uh, East Carolina. East Carolina. Uh, they're not uh, – Holt Naylor's is back. Yada, yada, yada. UC wins. <laughs> I thought you weren't going to change anything. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um yeah another like name the score they, great, they, have a, the, the great, they have they went to the great, last they time they went to, to greenville it was a nightmare almost yeah okay hold nailers came into college with desmond ritter in 2004 that that I mean, Holt Naylor's is good, but that might have been the greatest game of his life. Oh yeah, oh. I mean, we we saw until the until the sauce pick, but he was incredible that game. Well, they were just they roast Kobe had a terrible game. They were catching everything like, yeah. Chad um, Chad knows my goal here. I just don't want to have to. I don't want Cincinnati to need this game to win the conference because then I'll have to go to Greenville for this game. <laughs> So I just want, no matter what happens, whether it's CFP or Birmingham Bowl, I want it to be basically decided by. You don't want to spend Thanksgiving in Greenville? Do not. Do not. So my guys that I've been doing, I've been hopping on a podcast with uh, the Sports Objective in Greenville. 
for since like 2018. Great guys. They have me on every year. Um, they trapped me for like 50 minutes this year because they added their new co-host in the middle of the show. And he's the former mayor of Greenville. Like I was just going to peace out on the mayor once he popped in on the interview. Like I was just going to be like, look, guys, I know you got the mayor here, but I, I got to go. <laughs> like, when are you going to do that to him? But they brought up a great point. This could very well be for bowl eligibility and the future of their head coach. And it's happened a couple – like, UC, for some reason, always plays ECU the final weekend of the season. Then I don't like their coach or their bowl eligibility chances. <laughs> Remember, this will be – there's some bad blood here. Oh, this yeah. Was the, this was the oh. post-game conversation. This is bad, bad blood. Hey, tackle the damn guy if you don't want him to score. Like, they ran you it can't off, stop a walk-on from – They ran it off tackle. Play. It wasn't like they right. ran the fucking flea flicker. The Cameron Young Memorial game. Well, he's not dead. <laughs> is this I've, a is this a Sean Thomas touchdown late, Justin? This oh, might be a, this that's might a great. Be a Sean that's a great great pull. Might be a Sean Thomas third quarter touchdown. <laughs> I have forty five fourteen. Or it's, and, or if, if Vic really did what I would do, it's a Des Ritter late touchdown game. <laughs> Forty-five, forty-two, fourteen. With me watching from Cincinnati, that's my prediction. Yeah, I, I really hope you have to, for some reason, go to Greenville for this one. <laughs> and I almost made you spit out your water. So almost you, the, so you, the mouth control, the muscle control on that was very impressive. That might have been the most impressive thing of this podcast. Justin took a sip as I made him laugh, and we didn't get any spray. Because I would have clipped that son of a bitch like you wouldn't believe <laughs> if I got a spit take right there. What are you watching, Dave? UCF. Like, they're kind of going tempo. UCF's going tempo? Shocking. Well, no. It's the whole point was like they weren't going to do that anymore. Yeah. It seems like Gus already hates it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like screaming at an assistant. yelling at an assistant. It's like, this is way too fast. <laughs> Slow it down. He doesn't like it. Can we just sit here and watch this game for like half an hour <laughs> together? Maybe that's a hell of a podcast idea where we, the three of us, watch conference games. Oh, I <laughs> We need to. Let's. It's the same week as the Navy game. Let's watch the Temple USF game together. Oh, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> I'm so down. Like, why Why watch a good game? That's way more No, I don't want to watch a good game. No, 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 no. I want to watch the bad games. I want to do that in basketball, too. We're, like, on a random Wednesday night. We're watching, like, ECU and Tulsa, the three of us, and just giving our thoughts. Oh, yeah. That would be outstanding. Uh, uh, ECU 52-17. Yeah, I think. I do think that I, I, it scares me just because I remember being at Taft's, uh, who was our watch party partner for that game, and everybody just losing their mind. Like, what the hell is happening? Uh, but there's uh, Holton Ailers. You only get so many of those days in your life, right? Well, it's been like lightning it's doesn't been, strike twice. It's clearly been the anomaly. Like, right. That's my point. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel interception at the goal line. <laughs> And this might be a pick six. This, this is he's gone. This is a hundred. This is a hundy. Wow. 
They're definitely not going tempo anymore. All right, fuck Central Florida. I'm out of this, just, guys. <laughs> the Big 12 just rescinded their invitation. That's a hundy, baby. This what if this was what if the Big 12 said that? Winner, like the winner, winner of this winner game of this gets game the Big 12. Yeah, winner's yeah. in. Like yeah. But told him at halftime. But it's like it's like it's like the WWE, like loser gets fired. Loser gets right, Yeah. It's a it's a career career ender match. That would have been like think of the numbers this game would do. Even even oh. though it kicked off four hours late, if the big right. was like, Yeah, we'll take winner. Can you imagine Twitter tonight if this was winner winner's end? Oh yeah. Losers losers going to the Mountain West or the AAC for the rest no, of their just, life. You're stuck in the AAC. Well, Boise's not in the AAC. Well, no, in the Mountain stay, West. They stay in the Mountain West. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. L- loser is stuck in your purgatory for for the rest of your life. Uh, that, was that was a bad throw. That was an awful throw. It was that's like a what read it does option when there's read, coverage. Yeah, read option throw. He threw it right to the guy. If you had to remember, even under Hypel. If they weren't 30 yards out, he was screwed. Right. They had to be 30 yards from the end zone for him to make a touchdown throw. Every time they got within 10, 15 yards. What was his name, Justin? Who? The transfer corner. Cam, Cam Young. Jeffries. Cam, Cam Jeffries. Jeffries. Cam Jeffries Cam had the one. Yeah. And the, the receiver fell down on that, too. And, well, Jarrell had the one, too, when they were in, like, down at like, yeah. the 15-yard yeah. line over the middle. Once you got them in the red zone, he could not operate in a phone booth. He couldn't. Uh, I'm going to go East Carolina. Wins? Yeah. Are you pulling an Aaron? You're going to give the no. losing score first? <laughs> the East Carolina final score is uh, Cincinnati 38-17. I'll give Holt Nailers the respect of 17 points. On his super senior night? On his, his super senior his night, dad yeah. dad calling the game. Got gotta get, he's got to have another year of eligibility they find, right? Oh, I'm sure. He well, does, he's right? got a COVID just, year. I was yeah, just saying that, like, he's not he's not even that old to begin with. He's just started since his freshman year. Oh, this guy's COVID year. He this could be ju- back next year if he wants. Oh, this is – he's got two more years. This is true junior year. Right. So, oh. he'll be he'll be playing true junior? He was a freshman the year that he lit us up. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, he, he'll be quarterback still when Cincinnati's in the Big 12. Yeah. I mean, this is, the last, <laughs> this is the last time we'll ever see him. But Justin, Cincinnati's in the Big 12 next year. Didn't you hear the beginning That's of this fucking podcast? Yeah, this this is the last time we'll see him. It's a swan song for a lot of a lot of games. <laughs> uh, who does Cincinnati play? We both obviously all have them undefeated in the AAC. Who does Cincinnati play in the AAC title game? I say SMU. Uh, you got, you go, guys want to chime in? I'm going to go a little off the board here and go Houston. Ooh, they don't play Cincinnati. They don't play UCF. They don't. It's not a terrible pick. I say I was just I'm looking at Memphis's schedule actually, because they're the same way. Memphis doesn't play well. I guess they they don't play Cincinnati. I guess they do play SMU UCF. Yeah, I'm gonna say SMU. I go I think, SMU. I think SMU. There's a chance that could be that Cincinnati loss could be their their first only loss in the conference. All right. There you go. It's going to wrap it up. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. He's Justin Williams. 
Big time thanks. You can find him at The Athletic. You can find him at Williams underscore Justin. That's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ Podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.